0: Welcome to the Be Gritty Podcast, where sports psychology meets business strategy for entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Coach Holly. Now let's be gritty. What do marathons and entrepreneurship have in common? Well, we're about to find out. If you've ever started a business or ran a marathon, you know exactly what those journeys entail and the ups and downs of each one. And there's a lot of them. And on today's episode, we're going to dive deep into the gritty parallels of entrepreneurship and marathons. Now, when I was right out of college, I had stopped running for a long time. I had, I had actually quit in the middle of college. I was burnt out. And the idea of running again just didn't seem like any point to it. Why? Because I didn't have anyone showing me that you could run after college if you weren't a pro. So I grew up kind of thinking, okay, you have your high school years, you have your college years, and then you become a pro. And if you don't become a pro, your running career is over and you can just hang out at the local live case. That is what I thought, because I'm going to date myself here, but back when I was in college, Facebook had just come out. So there was not this social media presence of all these pro athletes and runners extending their careers or sub elites or even elites that weren't pros yet doing anything like that. So, I mean, we heard about the pros from the news, right? And the Olympics and, you know, big races and things like that. But we never saw anyone who wasn't at the highest level of competition, actually doing any running. And there started to be some running clubs that popped up in Oregon around that time that I was in college and leaving college. But again, I thought in my head, you had to be the best of the best of the best to even get in those. So I figured, well, my running career is over. And my coaches told me in high school, you know, don't run a marathon until you're 30 so i thought okay well i guess i have a long ways to wait <laughs> and what's interesting and in how that relates to entrepreneurship is sometimes just even the idea of becoming an entrepreneur and starting a business or doing something that maybe we haven't seen anybody else do can be very very intimidating because If it it hasn't been represented out there or people haven't done it or we haven't seen it or it isn't publicized and maybe you're a woman in entrepreneurship or whatever other category you want to call it and maybe you haven't seen that thing or maybe you haven't seen this particular product or this industry or this model of business happening, you may not think to yourself that it's even plausible or possible. And that's kind of my journey and in back into running was getting around people and starting to hear of this thing called the Olympic Trials. Because uh, I looked up the times for the Olympic Track Trials and I was like, "There is no way. There is no way that's happening." And then I met uh, a man named Ken Hunter, who is my coach, uh, and he was like, "Oh, you could make the marathon Olympic Trials." And I was like, well, "What is that? I had no idea." And I had different people asking me when I would run again, and um, I was in school, in a ministry school with uh, Sarah Hall and Ryan Hall, and Sarah and I ran a couple of times during that time that we were both in California, and she asked me, when are you going to start running again? And, and I was like, oh, my career is over. I mean, I was a D1 runner, but I was like, my career is over. I'm too old, I am past my prime. I'm looking at Sarah Hall saying this, and I laugh at myself now because she is three years older than me. And she, but to me, she was a pro, like this is what she did. She won the Pan Am, she did all these other things. She was the one that went to Stanford and then got a pro contract with ASICS. You know, her and Ryan were like what I knew of what happened after college. You can become a pro. I didn't know there was this in-between. So I looked her straight in the eye and said, I'm past my prime at 25, 26 years old. And uh, that was around the time I met my coach. And he was like, I know how to train you. I took six years off after college. I could help you get back. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm past my prime. (laughs) You know, I'm telling all these people this who probably were like, you don't know what you're talking about. But I had no representation of this being an idea or a possibility. And I think that can happen to us in business as well, where we just haven't been shown the ropes in certain areas of entrepreneurship or certain industries or certain ways of doing entrepreneurship. And that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. You get to kind of create your own path. And that can either propel us or hold us back. So How I view entrepreneurship and marathoning is very similar because before you even decide to start a business or before you even decide to run a marathon, you have to understand that it's possible and you have to actually believe that. And I think that's where a lot of us don't because we haven't seen it or we just didn't know it was possible. And then we get to the place where we finally find someone that is doing what we want to do and we go, oh my gosh. I could do that like that's actually possible that's allowed (laughs) we can do that and when i realized that this was a possibility and i started to run again and my coach i i reached out to him i'm like okay i think i'm ready to try this thing and it was 2015 i had reached out to sarah hall again and i was like okay I think I can run three miles at eight minute pace, like, or 8.30 pace, like, maybe we could run together again, and, because I think we had only ran together one time, when I had started running club at the school we were at, and, uh, but I had gotten sick, and, and anyway, it didn't continue, but that's a story for another time. So, uh, I reached out to them, like, super excited, like, I think this, I, I think I'm ready to try this thing, and so they were like, awesome, so uh, a couple months later, I, I went on a run with Sarah, and I had been working out with my coach and um, I was like, Sarah, I want to try and go to the 2020 Olympic trials for the marathon. And she had just switched to be uh, a marathon runner. She was, you know, a steeplechase uh, runner prior to that. And so this was like at the time she was switching to marathons too. So I decided, okay, this is going to be a goal of mine. But I was also at the age, like my husband and I had gotten married and I wanted to have kids. So what ended up happening? Long story short, is another year and a half went by because I got pregnant and had a, had my first son. And um, then in the, in August of or end of July, two thousand seventeen, I started doing these races. Uh, and I was like nine months postpartum, something like that. And I started doing these little races. And my first race was four mile race, and it was at nine uh, thirteen pace. I think that's the slowest race I ever ran. And uh, I was like, yep, yeah, we're going for it, 2020 Olympic trials. And, and I started to have this belief in myself because I started getting faster every single week. And I started to see my speed come back that I had in college. And I started to do these workouts and do these different things. And I had people now that I was starting to follow as Instagram got more popular and things Um, became easier to find other people doing the same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, like there's a whole group of women doing this and men doing this. I didn't even have a clue that this was a thing. And I started to get really excited. I had some great training partners, my friend Julie and Redding, like we trained together a lot. And a friend Lindsay who had uh, moved in with us for a while, um, she had made the Olympic trials three times. And I was like, this is awesome. So I started training. And I think when then... That's the marathon side, right? And I started to get really excited. And then came the business side. And I've kind of always worked for myself. After college, I worked two years in retail management. I was like that is not for me. So I decided to uh, go out on my own. And I got hired by this developer in um, the Bay Area in California. And I, you know, learned all about inbound marketing and marketing and business for my major in college. But again, back then it was like learn how to write a blog, you know, because all of this was brand new. There were no Facebook ads, there was no any of that. And uh, everything was very new, right. So I learned that taught myself that and kind of was my own business owner for pretty much since I got out of college. But when I saw other people, it seemed like everyone was a struggling entrepreneur, you know, no one was quite making it and doing really, really awesome. And I was like, "Is this kind of the life of just up and down, up and down? You get a bunch of income one month, and then no income the next month, and all these in betweens, and year after year, you're just like, how many, how much in taxes do I am I going to have to owe?' You know, when it, the bill comes around, and all these things, and you know, it became this like trying to find someone who I could follow in that industry too, of just like entrepreneurship, and I needed a community there, and I was kind of working by myself, just kind of." I was doing a lot of workouts by myself, and I had training partners here and there, but when I got one training partner, um, well, I had my friend Julie and then Lindsay, who lived with me, like, we trained together a lot, and I was like, I'm going for the Olympic Trials, right? And and I think there's this, there's a few things I want to hit on with the parallels. So when you decide to start something, there's always emotions that come into, there's like fear and anxiety and excitement, right? Those are kind of the mix of emotions. And then when you actually start, so you start your business or you start training for a marathon, the imposter syndrome comes in, right? And let me tell you how much I love and hate Strava. Okay, you can find some cool workouts on there. You can follow people that are pros or people that are your friends or whatever. But man, when I started seeing paces, I stayed off Strava for a while. But even on like Nike uh, Run Club and like all the different things that like apps I used or just seeing my training partners and how fast they were and how slow I was and times they hadn't hit in races and times I was trying to hit in races and them being like, maybe you should have a smaller goal. <laughs> you know, it just became this thing of like, can I really do this? But I had a coach who so believed in me. He was like, Holly, you're going to make the Olympic trials. I just know it. Like. I, you know, and all his workouts were working for me. I was getting faster month after month, year after year. And in 2018, I ran my first marathon. Now I had gotten super sick. I had a stomach bug the week of the marathon or two weeks prior uh, leading up to the week of the marathon. And then I had almost, it was like, if you wouldn't have come in, you probably would have gotten pneumonia eight weeks prior to the marathon. And I'd never ran a marathon before. So I'm running like 70 miles a week. You know, I peaked out at like 90 or 100 miles, I think that first time. And then I got super sick and a stomach bug, which is not good. Couldn't do one of my biggest workouts. And I was in urgent care the Wednesday before the Eugene Marathon. I'm like, should I even run this thing? Like, is this even smart? And I, they're like, I think you're at the end of it. I think you should be okay. So I go and run with my good friend Kazumi. And I had no idea what I was doing, so I just started with her. Now, she's been running marathon for 10 years. Her PR at the time was 303, and she was trying to break three hours. I'm like, that sounds like a great goal. (laughs) And I told people, like, that was my goal. And they just kind of looked at me like, you've never even ran a marathon before. What are you thinking? You know, I'm like, I don't know. Like, ignorance is bliss, I guess. And none of my workouts really showed that I could run that. And again, I was super sick. But I followed my friend till mile 17 when she dropped me, but I was on sub three pace up until that point. And I slowed quite a bit and had a bathroom stop. You know how that goes. And uh, I finished in 303 and that was her old PR. And she was like, oh my goodness, Holly, like now just think what you can do. And I was like, sweet. You know, so in, at the end of the year in 2018, I went to go try and make the Olympic trials. And that was a huge Story for another day, but I didn't make it. I ran 255, uh, but I had like eight bathroom stops and I, I broke three hours for the marathon. But I was not happy because I missed the cutoff by 10 minutes and one second uh, because I spent all that time in the bathroom. So, but I knew at that point I had finished that race and my roommate was in that race and she was like, I can't believe you finished that thing. Because I mean, I was having massive stomach issues. And she said, You know what, Holly? You are gritty. Thus, Be Gritty was kind of birthed in that moment. And my business grit performance coaching, like it took, you know, what, five years after that for me to kind of put all the pieces together and create that. But that's really where it was that seed was planted of, of being gritty. And I was like, yeah, I am gritty. I may not have made the Olympic trials, but I am gritty. And uh, I had another son the next year, so I couldn't run uh, any more races trying to make trials. And I know I'm going a lot into running. I ended up running that time, um, the next year in 2021 and I ran 2:45:14. So just a little off, you had to be under 245 to hit the trial standard, but the standard wasn't open at that time anyway. So it didn't matter, but I basically got super close to that stand and I was like, now it's possible. So here's the thing in entrepreneurship, when we start our business and we start growing things and we start, uh, having ideas and we go, okay, um. I have a friend who understands marketing, or I have a business coach that can help guide me through these things, or uh, I've never done this before, so I'm going to follow different people on social media. And and what can happen is two things, right? It can either be really good or really, and that's because comparison comes in. And once comparison comes in, imposter syndrome comes in. And it comes in in our athletics, and it comes in in business. And that's the hard part. because. We want to follow people. We want to be inspired. We want to learn. But what we start to do is compare ourselves. Like all my splits weren't matching the splits I was seeing on Strava. I shouldn't have been able to run a 245 when I ran a 245. I shouldn't have been able to run a 255 when I ran a 255. And I shouldn't have been able to run a 303 when I ran a 303. Everybody was shocked every single time. (laughs) And I'm just a different kind of runner. I love to race. And there's something that comes out of me when I race, right? And so I, I just kind of had this thing in me that was mine, and it was special, and I could show up on race day and just perform and beyond what people thought were possible. And part of that I attribute to the mental fitness that I have, and, and what I've grown and learned over the last decade or two of just all of these mental fitness strategies. But beyond that, like I also inspired myself by following people. But the moment that it became a comparison thing, I had to stop. And I think that's important in entrepreneurship, that we need to learn from people. We need to be a part of these different Facebook groups and different things um, to get around people that are doing what we're doing. I think it's really important because as you start to see people doing the very thing that you want to do, you'll start to realize how much it actually is possible. The point that you have to be aware of is when it gets to the place where you start to go okay, well, there must be something about them that they could do it, but I probably can't do it. That's imposter syndrome, and it's a total lie. So what I want you to think about in the parallels of your athletic adventures and your business ventures is I need to realize that just like in running marathon or training for a marathon, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be days where I hit the workout, and it feels like, oh, my goodness, like today, if I would have had the race today, I would have nailed it. And then there's days where you're feeling like, the, like Des Linden says, you're trudging through hell or through mud, right? And it just feels like you, you just, what are you doing, right? We have those days in entrepreneurship, just like we have those days in our athletic endeavors. And whether it's running a marathon or playing on a indoor soccer league or uh, whatever it is, swimming, I don't care what the sport is, we all experience those ups and downs. And as an entrepreneur, I want you to think, okay, this is just part of the process. And one of my other coaches that I have uh gave me just this really wise thing this year, because I've had a ton of ups and downs in the last two and a half years. I basically uh, you can tell with all my sniffling. Sorry. Hopefully, I cut out most of it, but if it's still there, I apologize. But I have been sick for the better part of two and a half years since we moved away from California into a more humid climate, and uh, I have a lot of what we called undulations, which is what happens: the ups and downs of training, it's the ups and downs of life, it's the ups and downs of of business, right? And it's it's how we manage those undulations that really dictates our success or our failure are we riding those waves as the oh we're up today we're down today we're up today we're down today and some of that is naturally going to happen but the better we can get at kind of being steady through the undulations steady through the ups and downs that we have pulled on to this belief as I just need to trust the process. We hear that a lot in training. Trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. The same goes for business. And when we can be consistent in the basic daily acts of business, just like we know to be consistent in the basic daily acts of training, like eating well, sleeping well, just being consistent in the running and the workouts and just showing up, whether it's a good day or a bad day, you just put in the work um, you know, doing the, the little exercises, not the big things that you think are going to make all the difference, but the little things, it's the same in business. Are you constantly posting on social media? Are you showing up every day? Are you following up with your clients and your leads? Are you, do you even have a website? Are you out there? Have you reached out to people? Have you tried to get on podcasts? Have you done these different things? Because the truth is That if you are consistent, it will pay off over time. And that's the thing, right? Like this is the training cycle. This is when we show up time after time after time, something has to happen and it will. You've got to make sure you're focused on the right things though. And that's another key piece. And you guys, there's a lot to all this. And we'll dive deep into different parts of this throughout this podcast and this show. Maybe not this episode, but throughout the show over the, over the weeks, we will learn more and more about what you do in those different pieces, specifically for entrepreneurs. What, what do you do and, and how do you relate your, your athletic journey and your training to that so that you can take the lessons that you're learning in your athletic endeavors and apply them to your business? Because they do cross over one for one. like It's very, very similar. And so if you can start to learn how to move those mental fitness gains that you had in training over to your business, you're going to start to see things in a whole different light and go, oh, this is just part of the process. Oh, consistency really matters here. It's not the one workout or the one massive email I sent out that's going to make all the difference. No, no, no. It's the consistent communication over time. It's the consistency and training over time. And this is where marathoning and entrepreneurship are so parallel. Because if you're not consistent and you just try to do these flash moves, it's just not going to work over time. It may work once or twice, but it's not going to work over time. And you're not going to build strength over time in your business, right? So that's what we want to do. So we have the deciding to start, right? Whether that's training or entrepreneurship, starting a business. Then you have the day you start. Okay, I launched my business or I launched my new product in entrepreneurship. Right, it may not be that you're just launching your business; you're launching a new product, right? Then you have to do all that work, the marketing, all the things to get to that point and and continue it going, right? And then once you get to the actual start line or the actual day that you launched the new product and you sent out the email or you've done you've put put it all on social media, I've launched this thing, like I launched this podcast, right? What? do you feel in that moment it's a lot of excitement right it's really really fun but you know what happens the day that you launch that where you get to the start line of a marathon and you start running those miles or you start sending those emails and doing all these things and what if no one responds right or what if you don't get the response you thought you were going to get or what if like oh my goodness i posted it everywhere and no one followed my new podcaster? no one subscribed to my email list or no one downloaded my lead generator or no one bought my new service or no one bought my product. What is going on? Or you get into the marathon race and you're like, oh my goodness, like this first couple miles, they don't actually feel good. Like it's the same idea. What are you going to do? Are you going to quit? or Are you going to push through and keep going? Because just because someone didn't see it one day doesn't mean they won't see it the next day. And it's that consistent communication, right? And so that's why when we run marathons, about mile 20 everyone decides they never want to do this again, right? You launch a product, you launch something. Maybe it maybe it goes well, maybe it doesn't and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I never want to do this again." Then you finish. You finish the race or you sell your first thing or you uh your new product um does really well or your new podcast does really, really well or you get your first subscriber or you, whatever it is. And then you get that flood of like, oh, I can do this. That's why marathoners sign up for another race within like a week after they finished one marathon. It's because all that hard work paid off, right? So we have these parallels all the way through. And then even at the end, that's why there's a thing called serial entrepreneurship where we just start new businesses. If one failed big deal, we'll start another one. Or if one product failed, we'll we'll try a different one. Or if Um, One service didn't work out. Let's try a different service, you know, and that is the same nature. I think those of us that are um, endurance athletes are also like prone to entrepreneurship because it's like, oh, if one thing doesn't work, we'll just tweak it and change it for the next thing. And we continue to do this over and over because it helps us get better at what we do. And that's the unique thing about us as entrepreneurs and endurance athletes. And especially if you have that mix of both, you know that just because their one product flops or one business flops or one lead generator flops or one sales call flops or one race flops that does not mean you're not cut out to be a marathoner or an entrepreneur it just means you haven't figured out the right mix yet but it's the mental fitness it's the grit that you need to keep going when i had eight bathroom stops at cim in 2018 and I had already had three when I found my roommate on the course. And she's like, well, you know, you don't have to keep going. And I'm like, oh, I'm finishing this thing because I'm still on PR pace. I mean, I PR by eight and a half minutes and broke three hours by five minutes. On a day, I had eight bathroom stops. Like, I knew I was still getting something out of this. And I think that's the grit we need. That just because it's not perfect or we didn't hit the exact goal, maybe we got seven sales instead of 10. Maybe we got eight downloads instead of 20, or maybe we got five subscribers instead of 500. But what can you learn in that process? Because what I learned in that race that was so awful and broke my heart, I also learned. I'm gritty. I'm strong. I finish what I start. I don't give up no matter how bad it looks and how painful it is and how awful it is. I am going to finish the race. And I don't love participation medals. Let me just tell you that. I hate finisher medals. But that one hangs proudly on my wall because I got something out of that. Now I understand why people love finisher medals. Because you learn something. You ran 26.2 miles. You can't run 26.2 miles and not learn something about yourself. And I'll tell you what what everyone says about marathoning is that is your victory lap, that the race, the training for the marathon is actually harder than the marathon itself. Building a business, uh, creating a new product and the process it takes to do that, creating a new service and the process it takes to do that and get to the day that you actually launch is way harder than the day that you launch. It's way harder to do the marathon training than it is to run the marathon that day. So remember that just because that day may not have worked out the way you wanted it to, doesn't mean that you're bad at it. It just means that now you learned something and now you get to apply it. And that's the grit that we have to keep going over and over and over again to do this thing that we love called marathoning or entrepreneurship or both, right? Because a lot of us do both. And all you need is grit and grit is the way I define grit, right? It's greatness, it's resilience, it's intention, and it is uh attraction, right? So you need in order to be great, you have to do things that people don't normally do. The the little things, quite honestly, you don't have to do anything massive. You just need to do the little stuff. You know, resilience. You have to you have to be able to manage the undulations and be okay with that and learn something out of it. Intention, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. And traction, you, have to, you can only gain traction by being consistent and never giving up. And that is grit to me. That is how I've defined it. That is what I feel like are the attributes and the, the grit mentality, which you'll hear me talk about quite a bit in this podcast. And if you have grit, you can do anything. If you have grit, you can run a marathon. If you have grit, you can start a business. And you can be successful in that. Just get around people that are already doing it. Don't compare yourself to others because comparisons is a killer. And then find the strength within yourself. And remember that there are going to be ups and downs. Remember the good days. Keep those posted out there around you. Write it down. So when the hard days come, you know it's just part of the process. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, let me know. In the um, comments, if you have experienced these same types of parallels in in sport, even particularly the marathon that we talked about today, and entrepreneurship, I'd love to hear your guys' stories. Another thing, I'd love for you to join my Facebook group called the Be Gritty Group. Uh, I will have a link in the show notes to it. You just click onto that. It's a group specifically for entrepreneurs who are also uh, athletes or fitness enthusiasts, people who love to work out, that understand that mental fitness is a massive part of success, both on the field or on the road and in business. So if you if that's something you want to do, it's super fun. I do a free training every single week on different mental fitness tools uh, to help you with your business. I also have practical things I give away uh, every couple of weeks, um, just little tools that you can use. Uh, worksheets and things that will help you grow your business, get more organized, be consistent in the little things so you can be successful. Thank you for listening to the Be Gritty Podcast, where sports psychology meets business strategy for entrepreneurs. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a minute, leave a review, and share it with other entrepreneurs. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the weekly episodes. And don't forget to be gritty.